With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Busy 11 o'clock hour, Trent, Bob, and I will go around college football in about oh, 10 minutes or so, uh, we got some Claxton's Barbecue to give away. Our pick's coming up before we get out of here at noon as well. Right now, Dave Sinekin, he's the headcheese.com. The Packers are on the field Sunday, Trent. Do they still play this song in Lambeau after touchdowns, Dave Sinekin, that we're playing coming uh, out, bang on the drum all day? They do. It's actually now the theme song for my uh, my Packers show on KXNO. Ah, <laughs> I see. And that Packers show you're referring to is now in its 24th year, so it has stood the test of time, and it gets better, folks. It is airing on the Minnesota Vikings flagship station, KFAN. Yes, That's awesome. I love that aspect of things, <laughs> Dave. Uh, so let's get into it. It's been a couple of weeks since we've seen them. Uh I guess who does this really benefit? As you look at the roster, and everybody's banged up, but the buy, I think, is a huge benefit having it as, as, as late as in, in the season as the Packers did this year. Who do you think this helps most, maybe, on this roster? You know, Packer fans have whined for a number of years that they're the most injured team in the NFL, and I'm pretty sure most fan bases would make that claim uh, when they're that close to it. This is the healthiest wow. Packer team I can remember. I mean, there is literally nobody on the injured list for Green Bay. They are bringing a very mm-hmm. healthy rest of the team to San Francisco, so they can't use an excuse about, man, this guy's banged up, that guy's banged out. The Niners are a much more injured team, and uh, we'll learn a lot more about who practices for them today, but we know that uh, they're going to be without their pass rusher, D. Ford, Matt Breda, the running back, Robbie Gold is still out, uh, Joe Staley, their left tackle, mm-hmm. is still out. They have not practiced all week. The key player is George Kittle, and he returned to practice yesterday after missing the last two games. Limited, though, with a blue jersey on. He's the X factor. If George Kittle plays in this game and is anywhere near 100%, that makes Jimmy Garoppolo's job a whole lot easier against the Packers' D. No doubt about that. And, yeah, we'll pay, uh, we've been paying close attention to George Kittle over here. Of course, former Hawkeye suppose, uh, yeah. George Kittle. Uh, he's uh, had a remarkable start to his career. Uh, Matt LaFleur, I think that maybe um, we all know Kyle Shanahan, obviously, the relationship to Pops and, and Mike. But some people forget just, you know, what Mike Shanahan and his influence has meant to, uh, uh, to Packers head coach Matt LaFleur as well. I mean, Kyle Shanahan played a big role, granted, uh, but it was Mike who got them together in the first place, was it not? Yeah, they're really close. Um, Matt LaFleur worked under uh, Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. They were together in Washington. Um, Matt LaFleur's younger brother is an offensive coach for the 49ers. In fact, he tried to hire him away from San Francisco to be the Packers' offensive coordinator, and Kyle Shanahan said, not so fast, my friend. It didn't allow it. 
they are very tight. Um, it's it's not just mentor to pupil, although you could say it's that because Kyle Shanahan's been around a bit longer. But they're really good friends, and and they've worked together for many years with different teams. So it'll be a really interesting dynamic because both teams run a very similar offense, and they know each other well. So uh, that's one of the really interesting uh, dynamics of this matchup Sunday night. Are the Packers becoming a run-first team? Aaron Rodgers is still there, still playing at a high level, but with what they've unearthed here with Aaron Jones, is is that the direction this offense is leaning going forward? Well, I think it needs to, and I think it especially needs to as the weather turns mm-hmm. and we get some cold weather sure. games. Uh, we saw the last time Green Bay played when they played the Panthers, and it was a tight game at halftime and the offense wasn't doing great. They just turned the ball over to Aaron Jones in the second half and just ran the ball down the Panthers' throats, and, and they've been really good at um, figuring out when to use Aaron Jones. He's only played about 60% of the Packers' snaps, and I think they're really just being diligent about trying to keep him healthy as as much as possible, knowing that he has been dinged up in the past. They don't want to overuse him. But as you get closer to December and the games matter more and then into the postseason, I think Aaron Jones and that running game will be an even bigger part of Packers' offense. And I'm not ignoring Jamal Williams because he is a really nice Uh one-two punch. But Aaron Jones, by all statistical measure, is a top-five running back this year in this league, and he is a weapon unlike any Green Bay's had for quite some time. So, yeah, I think the identity of this offense, that they're going to get to where they want to go, is to be a run-first team. Let's talk about that other Aaron who's still pretty good <laughs> in Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. You know, yeah. I saw your tweet last night, Dave, and I probably would have missed that had you not tweeted the Aaron Rodgers going back all over the the uh, list of uh, receivers that have caught a touchdown pass for him in his career. It was remarkable as was his memory, and he finally did get there. You know what it did? It, it I think, allowed um, Packer fans and maybe fans of the NFL to see a different side of of Aaron Rodgers. We see the football player, we see the the spokes, the the pitchman on TV. Uh, this was a really good piece, and I highly recommend it. It's at the Athletic. It's behind a paywall, but again, it's like three two ninety nine, three ninety nine a month. Um, it's well worth the money, in my opinion. Thank you for doing that for alerting me, and it's a really good read. Yeah, it was a great idea. They stole it from a Philadelphia reporter who asked Josh McCown if he could name the 37 guys who caught touchdown passes from him. And, you know, Rodgers, you know, he played on Jeopardy. He likes quizzes. He likes games. And uh, to really get the feel for what that exchange over 20 minutes was like with a few other people chiming in was really entertaining. And I think ultimately when you when you read the 37 names of guys that have caught passes for Aaron Rodgers and you're not a diehard Packer fan, for about 25 of those 37 names, you're saying, who the heck is that? Right. You know, yeah. And it's kind of like the, the Tom Brady thing. It's, it's, he's never been surrounded outside of Randy Moss, maybe, and, and some, some good receivers, but never great ones. And Driver, maybe? Say the, yeah. You know, Jordy? With Brady, that's with Brady. Yeah, he's had good ones. Yep. He's never had like pro bowlers, guys right. that are, are top end. And I think Devontae Adams is probably the closest thing to that, mm-hmm. but he hasn't even scored a touchdown yet this season. So it just shows... Uh, the, the players that Rodgers has been around over the years, and uh, it is very interesting, and I think there's probably still room on this year's roster for him to add a couple names to that list that aren't that are not there yet, and names that most people outside of Green Bay or Wisconsin have never heard of. Uh, last thing for you, Dave. Dave Sinek at theheadcheese.com. His blog will be up previewing the uh, the Niners and the Packers Sunday night football. Uh, but the next couple of weeks, inside the NFC East, you go with the Giants and the Redskins before back into the Central. So next couple of weeks, you kind of get a little bit of a breather. I mean, I get it's any given Sunday, but Redskins and Giants, uh, you get a bit of a break. Yeah, right, exactly. There's uh, 
There's three road games left uh, for Green, or four, I should say, after after this week three. You got San Francisco this week. They go to New York to play the Giants next week, and they still have to go to Minnesota and Detroit the final two weeks of the year. And you know, I think if Green Bay goes two and two those games and win their two home games, they're a twelve and four team, and they're probably winning the North. But mm-hmm. I think this is actually a fairly winnable game. The Packers have won five of their last six in San Francisco. They're they're healthy. The Niners have shown some slippage, and they're looking ahead to have to go to Baltimore and New Orleans the next two weeks. Mm. They know how important this game is. But, yeah, I think ultimately it's going to come down to that Week 16 game against Minnesota. But you're right. The next two weeks at the Giants, Redskins at home, it feels like a breather. Uh, you never count. You know, obviously every game can be really strange. We've seen that this year. But uh, this game and Week 16 are the two tough ones left, and if Green Bay can get a split, in those two, I think they win their division. 7 a.m. Sunday morning? I'll be awake. I'm not sure who else will be, but I'll be there. <laughs> good stuff. Thank you, Dave Sinekin. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, Dave. Thank you. Yep, have a good weekend, Yep, guys. you the same. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, KFAN, year 24, on the flagship of the Minnesota Vikings, talking Packer football in Minneapolis. Good work out of, what is it, Chad Allen up there? Chad Allen. Uh, Chad Abbott. Chad Abbott. Yeah, yeah. Chad, yeah, Chad Abbott running and putting that on the air. Pretty cool thing up there. No doubt. We'll come back, uh, Trent. You and I will grab Bama Bob, and we'll go around college football when we resume. About a half hour away from giving you a chance to win some Claxons barbecue and from listening to us opine on who we think will win this week. Mark Charter as well. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 14... Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you here until noon. Claxons to give away here in about 25 minutes or thereabouts. Our picks as well. Did I win the week last week? You dominated. You went 4 and 1 last week. I knew I did. I just A lot of favorites out there. You're chipping away at that lead. You're now back to an even Steven 29, 29, and 2. I am 33 and 27. Still good. You're, you're, I was you're at 65%, though. Now I'm down to 55%. Let's not talk about Chris Williams. Yeah, yeah he, he win, he's been winning too much. Indeed he has. Bama Bob joins the program as we go around college football. Bama, I didn't see your paperwork turned in for a day off next Friday, so uh, we'll be here. We're, we're counting on you, Bama. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know I will. I mean, I'll be down at the beach house in Florida, but fortunately they have cell phones. Good so stuff. We'll, uh, we'll be good. Good stuff. All right, Bama, let's go around uh, college football. You know what? Tell me about Matt. Jones, before we get into some of the games, uh, we know the Tua story, but what's how big of a drop-off, I guess? Or, I mean, when college football fans, if you haven't seen Alabama and you know how good they are with Tua, what's, how big of a difference is it going to be, Bama? Well, it's going to be a big one. I mean, if <laughs> Ken, it sounds you know obvious, and it, it, it's left hand versus right hand for one, so the ball comes in a little oh. different. It spins the different way. I mean, so... Now, these receivers should be able to make that adjustment. But you always hear these things about left foot punter, right foot punter, uh-huh. you know, and, and so I don't know how big of a deal that is or not. But but him in particular, I mean, listen, he's a redshirt sophomore. He's a big guy, strong arm, a little, you know, you know, fairly mobile. He can run, tuck it and run if you want to. He lacks experience. I mean, that's the thing. We we really don't know. I, I You never, I mean, obviously, you, you never want to, never want to lose a guy like Pekka Valoa, but if you had to lose him, 
at least you've kind of got a tune-up this week against Western Carolina in some live fire, So, which is totally different. And I don't care who the opponent is. I don't care what level they are. And I've heard all the tired old arguments about all the SEC schedule and how it stinks this week and all that kind of stuff. But for Alabama, this works out perfectly because they do get to go against um, a real opponent, and I think it'll only help. Now, it won't be anywhere near the level that they're going to go against next week when they go to Auburn, but um, they like him. I mean, I think he was kind of the heir apparent. They've got a, a pretty, you know, the number one pocket pass or whatever that means from last year. Uh, they're redshirting this year, who will probably challenge for the job next year. Uh, he was kind of seen as the heir apparent to Tua. Um, he played well, started against Arkansas, made some good throws. The good thing is he's got a lot of weapons. I mean, the, the downside is the experience and the chemistry with said weapons. So, and so we'll have to see. Um, you're not going to learn a lot tomorrow, obviously, if, if you bother to watch that game. And I don't even know if you can or not. Um, <laughs> Got to be somewhere, but yeah. SEC Network is it? Yeah, yeah that's to be somewhere. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a big, it's a huge drop off. I mean, that is the one guy, really, the one guy that you couldn't afford to lose if you're Alabama for their for their playoff and national championship hopes. And, I mean, there's a lot of other valuable ones, Judy, and, you know, they've already lost a couple guys on defense, some early, some middle of the season, but Tua was the one guy you couldn't lose, and, and he's gone. So they'll have to make the best of it. And pretty good coaching staff to try to make some adjustments. That's we'll for that. sure. Uh, ESPN has the game, the mothership, at oh, 11 o'clock, up against Ohio State, <laughs> Penn State, and ESPN has it. Bama, speaking of that 11 o'clock window, and Trent and I will be indisposed watching the Hawks and the Clones. We're both in the 11 o'clock window. So is Penn State and Ohio State. Let's start there, fellas. Let's go inside the Big Ten East. Um, I, I, it's 18 and a half points, Bama. I think it's crazy. Um, but here we are. Uh, how do you see this one? Yeah, this one, uh, I mean, Clifford's going to got to be having nightmares about Chase Young. I mean, the guy's back. And Hamler, whose best weapon might not play. Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, we've talked about it before. LSU probably deserving that number one ranking, but Ohio State, to me, has been the most complete team. Mm -hmm. LSU, leaky a little bit on defense. We know about Burrow and and what they can do on offense, but... uh, has Ohio State been challenged at all this year? I mean, even for three quarters of a game. And I know their two biggest games are this week and then they go to Michigan next week. I understand that. And then the Big Ten Championship game. So they've got a three-week juggernaut here, if you will. But they're going to play good teams, uh, either probably Wisconsin or Minnesota on the other side. So we'll, we'll really find out what they're made of. Um, but so far, there's just been nothing to indicate any kind of a slip-up, offensively, defensively, big plays, physical, quarterback play, uh, special teaming, everything. And they so they will get they'll they'll get challenged more tomorrow than they have, I think, in any of the other games. But and Penn State's had an excellent season. You know, the one loss at Minnesota, kind of a I think what I think was a pretty good bounce back against a very underrated Indiana team mm-hmm. last week at home in a sort of a hangover game. They were able to win that and. Look, it's all right in front of Penn State. I mean, they've been better than we thought they would. I just think it ends tomorrow. I don't know about 18-and-a-half, although I could see it, you know, 42-21, I don't know, 38-17, something like that. Um, or it could be 45-10 to 10 for all I know. Ohio <laughs> State's been that dominant. But I'm on the Buckeyes, certainly, to win the game. Uh, you know, puncher's chance maybe for Penn State. But everything's got to go perfect, I think, for them to win the football game tomorrow. Trent, 
This has been a game throughout the week. I have talked myself in every possible direction and pretzeled up, and I still don't know which direction I really want to go in picking the game. What I do believe, I think I know here, Hamler, as you said, is important. Chase Young, him coming back after the two-game suspension. I mean, you talk about it's going to come out their hair on fire. This game has been so close the last three years, and the look-ahead factor, maybe that's there with Ohio State, even though it is Penn State, maybe that could be the case here. I guess I'm going to grab the points, but Ohio State's better, and I think significantly better. Penn State has to score to keep up. That's what I do know in this one. Uh, Trent, we'll start with you here on this one. Texas A&M and Georgia. Georgia, number four team in the country. Did they get a scare? I, I don't think so. You know, Texas A&M's a team we talked about. What do they have? Four of the top five teams in the AP preseason poll on the schedule this year. Can they get one or two of them? Doesn't look like it's going to happen. This is their last chance at doing that here. I don't know. Bam, I want to get your perspective. Texas A&M, year two of Jimbo, a disappointment, certainly if they don't get this game. Is that how you'd characterize it? I don't think so. I mean, listen, you know, the, the you know, the, you mentioned the top four teams. I mean, they've already, <laughs> that, they went on the road and, and played a good game at Clemson and lost. Um, they played Alabama at home and lost. Uh, they've got LSU, I think, still on the schedule, which you don't give them a whole lot of chance for. Mm. I think that game's in Baton Rouge. And, oh, by the way, now we got to play Georgia this week. So I don't think it's going to be a disappointment. I think people know uh, that it's going to take some time. They're competitive in these games. Um, you know, Muschamp at South Carolina has faced much the same thing, and it caught up to them last week losing to Appalachian State. I mean, and they still have Clemson on the schedule. So uh, both those teams – South Carolina and A&M have had just probably the worst schedules you could think of. Um, Auburn has been very tough as well. I, I don't know, man. I, I think I think A&M's going to throw a little scare into them tomorrow. I, I just I I mean I know Georgia they're cruising. They know. Listen, Georgia knows what's in front of them. They, if they win out, they're going to go to the playoff. But they know they have they're going to have to. They're already in the SEC title game. Mm-hmm. They have Georgia Tech next week, uh, which should be a a slam dunk, and then they'll then they'll you know take their shot at the top with LSU. But A and M is they've been tough on the road. I mean that game against Clemson they played tough. Better you know it all to me comes down to Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond has to make throws. He has to make plays. They can't leave any points on the field. They haven't if they have one of these you know deep shots that breaks open. They got to hit it. It can't be one of these where he overthrows him by two yards or something like that. They got to make every big play. On the road there, you know, Notre Dame went there and gave them hell. And I don't know how much better Notre Dame is really than, than Texas A&M. They've got athletes, they got speed, they got size. Um, I do think Georgia will win the game, but I think it could be competitive late. I mean, the late being, you know, a a one score game, maybe into the third quarter or late third quarter. I don't know. I I do expect Georgia to win because they're at home. Uh, but I don't know. I think this one's got a chance to be a little, little, a little more competitive, as Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. Uh, let's go out west, Bama. Let's be a little competitive. Uh, UCLA, USC, Clay Helton, I think I mean, he sure. has to win this football game. Uh, this is it but, for them. Regular season ends for USC after uh, this week. So uh, and if there is a loss that um, comes their way, then maybe that change is made quicker. But the point spread's been bet up. Uh, it opened at 10. It's now 13.5. How do you see the uh, Battle of L.A.? Yeah, this is an interesting one because you've got a coach over on one sideline that has really, in my opinion, underachieved in Chip Kelly in two years. And, you know, they, they started out terrible, then they got okay, and then they just laid an absolute egg at Utah last week. And on the other side, you've got a coach 
who probably has overachieved that nobody wants. So it, it's just both these teams should be better, I think, than what they are. USC, I think, should always be in the top 10, top 15 category, and they're not. Uh, you can blame injuries if you want. You can blame whatever you want. I just have no idea what UCLA team is going to show up. I really don't. I mean, that, that, that game last week was just, I mean, they didn't want to be in Utah, and that was obvious from the get-go. And, again, Helton's situation to me is just absolutely fascinating because they are still in the Pac-12 South mm-hmm. race. Utah's going to have to you know, have a hiccup, which I don't think will happen. But you're right. If if he loses, I think the I think the change is made Sunday. Um, and where they go from there is going to be an interesting question. But I think they will make the change and start. And they probably already started the process, if you will, back channeling with whoever they're interested in. You know, you know how that works through agents and intermediaries and stuff like that. If he wins the game, Ken, it's fascinating to me because then at that point, do you have to wait on you? You, you mentioned their season ends tomorrow. Does <laughs> You know, do they wait a week to make sure they don't make the, the Pac-12 championship game, or do they assume that Utah's going to win and then fire Helton, and then you got to go coach in with an interim coach in that situation? And then who? You know, you have to leave somebody there. Obviously, you can't just fire the whole staff because they got a bowl game they will go to. But um, I think USC is going to come out and play hard. They played hard for him all year. They really have, and uh, you know, they they've got the one signature win, if you will, over Utah. And I think they're going to play hard. I think they would win the game. I I just don't know where UCLA is. They've been just a maddening team all year. Uh, they've gotten blown out by Oklahoma, Utah, any good team they played. So, but they do have talent, and I think Kelly's probably better on the sideline than Helton is. But I don't think his team is playing as hard. So I'm going to take the Trojans tomorrow, and then we'll just kind of wait and see where it goes from there. You have an opinion, Trent? I uh, my only opinion is I hope that they both wear their home jerseys. We get to see the baby yeah. blues against yeah. the red. They've done Love that a few times. That's what I want to Great see more point. than anything. Great point, Trent. Yep. I hope you, I hope you yep. get your wish. Trent, we'll stick with you. Let's go to the Big 12. Texas coming off a loss against Iowa State. Baylor, just heartbreaking fashion. There's a lot of folks out there, Trent, that are taking Texas. Yeah, I... They, I mean, they both had their, you know, kicking the you-know-what's late in that football it's game. who you believe is going to bounce back off the mat. A 28-3 deficit blown by Baylor and not able to score in the second half against Oklahoma. When you have everything in front of you, or a Texas team that was has visions of the playoff, and now they're playing for, what, the Houston Bowl? Probably, the Alma Bowl? I mean, yeah. that, that's what they still Probably have Houston. in their sights. Who could get up for this game? I... I don't know. I, Texas is getting healthier. They're better than they've looked the last month. And we saw that, I think, in Ames last weekend. I guess because of that, I'd lean Texas. But you can make a strong argument on either side. Who's up? I don't know. Yeah, and this is guys like Lee Sterling. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple of handicappers. This is their game of the week. Right. I don't get how they're attacking this one. Uh, Bama, how do you see this one? Uh, you know, I'm going to go strong on Baylor on this one. I mean, I think they've still got everything to play for. Uh, I don't, I think deep down they kind of know they're, they're not, you know, they're kind of on the outside looking in at the playoffs. So I don't think that'll be a big deal. Guys, they win this game. They still got another shot at Oklahoma. Uh-huh. They got a shot to be the Big 12 champion. Texas doesn't have that. Are we getting into the situation with Texas? And I'm taking nothing away from Iowa State last week. I'm really not. It was a great win for them and they deserved it and they were the better team, played harder, better coach. Are we getting in that situation for Texas where these guys kind of know all is lost and it's almost like a bowl yeah. game and they start thinking about their, you know, their next step and their pro futures and all that? I mean, I don't know. 
I just know that they have been really underwhelming this year. And, you know, some of that falls on coaching. Some of it is, you know, like with any team, luck, injuries, that kind of thing. I think Baylor, they've just played hard. And, I mean, if you can't get back if look, if they were playing Kansas State, I would say, yeah, maybe, you know, okay, crap, we, you know, they're a little hangover. If you're Baylor and you can't get up for Texas, something's wrong. I mean, <laughs> so I think I like Baylor in this game. I, I We talked about it all year. There's just something there. I don't know how they're doing it. They have gotten lucky a couple times, but, you know, sometimes the harder you work, the luckier you get. So I'm going to take the Bears. And I don't know, something's just not right with Texas, and I still think they have everything to play for, and Texas really doesn't. Like you said, they're playing out the screen kind of for a whocares.com ball. So uh, give me the Bears. All right, we got two games in our sneaky good game, and we have five minutes, so let's uh, pick up the pace, boys. Oregon, Arizona State, Arizona State five wins, Oregon six-ranked team in the country. Is there a chance that the Ducks – Aren't ready for this one. There's folks that think that uh, Herm Edwards is um, laying in wait, ready to go duck hunting. I'm not one of them. Are you? I'm not either, really, although weird things happen in the desert. I mean, (laughs) Iowa can attest to that. Um, Listen, Oregon's got the best team by far. They're a more physical team. I love their coach. Uh, They've got the best quarterback. I think uh, they've got a lot to play for. They know everything's in front of them. Their whole season, possibly the playoff, is in front of them. I don't see them coming out flat. Uh, that said, I mean, they're going to have to play a, a smart game, a clean game. I think Arizona State at home, uh, you know, can be tricky. But you have to. I have to go with the Ducks, I think, in this one because they still, again, it's the motivation factor. Although I think Arizona State will be motivated. I think Herm Edwards has done a really good job of keeping them motivated uh, this year. And But, listen, Oregon's a better team, better quarterback better coach, more physical. I'm taking the Ducks. Trent. Arizona State's been able to keep it close against most everybody. The one game they didn't, they lost 21-3 to Utah, but the defense at least cut them around. Their freshman quarterback, Jamie Daniels, stunk in that game. I think he was like 4-19 and against Utah. He's not going to do that against Oregon. This one's going to be tighter inside that two-touchdown number. Will it be a one-score game going into the final drive? I don't know quite that, but you'll at least be entertained on Saturday night. Uh, Trent, this is a lot of weeks would have made the sneaky good game category, but we have a, good, a big game, I think, in the Mountain uh, West and in the uh, Mountain Division of the Mountain West Conference, and that's Boise State, who's trying to grab that group of five slot. Here comes Utah State. they got a quarterback, Jordan Love. 5-1 uh, and one versus 6-0 and oh in that division. Trent, your thoughts? Don't have a strong one. I, I like Love, as you mentioned. Boise State, it just... You know, I'm all about the American Athletic Conference. Because of that, somebody's got to move to the back seat. For me, it's been the Mountain West this year. All right. Uh, Bama, your thoughts on that one, if any? Yeah. I hope, my, my biggest thought is I hope it snows tomorrow. Uh, yeah. There you go. Great. Boise <laughs> and Utah. And, and uh, you know, listen, you mentioned, you mentioned Boise. They, gotta, they have to win this. Yeah. I mean, they, there's a path for them mm-hmm. in this, in, in, for the group of five. I mean, Memphis and Cincinnati, 18-19. They're going to play twice. They play each other. You know, well, I mean, one could win, you know, if, if, if I guess depending, you know, Memphis loses, uh, you know, they're probably going to get in. I know they beat Navy. But, yeah, they're going to play twice. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they cancel each other out. All of a sudden, Boise moves up. One of these, one of those two wins, uh, you know, Boise going to have a hard time moving up. I, I don't know. I think I, I don't watch a lot of it. I think I'd have to go with Boise, although I'm, I'm with you. I love the quarterback, you know, no pun intended. But, uh like I said, my main thing is I hope we get a 
snowstorm tomorrow night to watch in the Mountain West. And right. that will be the nightcap, fellas. Oh, I guess Nevada Fresno State is on, but for me as Boise, Utah State. Uh, Trent, your sneaky good game is what? We're going to the Big Ten, Indiana, Michigan. Ah, you're me. Oh, I, I think this one's going to be a fun one. Look ahead. Harbaugh finally feels like this team uh-huh. is rounding what into shape. What time is that game? Mid-afternoon, where there is an open possibility there. Hmm. I think it's going to be a real good one. Bama, you're with me, huh? Oh, my God. You always go Hawaii, so I think I'm always <laughs> safe thinking something early. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right in line with you. Classic trap game. You know, Michigan's feeling good coming off the thumping of Michigan State. Not sure what that means. Looking forward to Ohio State. Indiana's not a team you traditionally get up for. I'm telling you this Indiana team is good. I mm-hmm. fought it last week. They played a really good game against Penn State. Uh, Could have won it, didn't. Uh, I mean, listen, I think this is going to be an entertaining football game. And, I mean, you know me, I'm not a big Harbaugh fan. Would love to see Indiana win it. Not sure they will. We'll find out a lot about Michigan tomorrow because this is a really good team uh, that they're facing. And, like Trent said, classic trap. Uh, Trent, I'm surprised you weren't in your conference, the American Athletic, because there's a dinger. Navy and SMU, both 5-1. and one. Yes. Uh, chance to I'll be creep up on Memphis and take that spot in the West to prevent that Cincinnati-Memphis back-to-back week matchup that it looks as though we are ticketed for. Bama, we'll talk to you on Monday. We will recap it. Thank you, Bama Bob. Enjoy the games uh, this weekend as we will uh, sadly begin the final week of the regular season with you next week, <laughs> Monday at 11. Thanks, pal. All right, sounds good, guys. Take care. Yep, good to talk to you. Bama Bob talking college football. Bama Bob, Trent, and I. We preview on Fridays. We recap on Mondays. Uh, why no? Uh, why did you not go SMU, Navy? That's yeah. your conference. Navy got bounced off. I, in fact, uh, speaking of my conference, coming up with our picks, I got two games from the American Athletic Conference this year, my best bets of the week. Two games. You like them both equally as well? I do. Couple of dogs is shouldn't surprise you, right? Might be parlaying these two dogs together, get a oh. big price on top of it. In fact, during the break here, after we line up some callers, I'm going to see what this big one pays. Uh, we'll line up callers for what, Trent? We got Claxons oh, to give away. Oh, we do. That's Claxons right. Claxons I was talking to somebody uh, the other day uh-huh. that had won a couple uh, about a month two ago. Two eight four five nine six six. Two eight four five nine six six. They finally were able to sneak sneak away. For their lunch, get over there. Two Claxons in Altoona. It's unbelievable. Raved about it. Mm-hmm. Said it was so, so good. I got to get there. I haven't been there. Oh, my. Long time. I haven't been there since we started the contest back up in January. Been three weeks for me, Trent, and I'm due to get back to Altoona and see our friends over at Claxons 3131 8th Street Southwest. If you're getting a ring, that means you're in, unless Trent, the commissioner, DQs you, meaning if he does DQ you, you've been uh, you've won a prize in the last 30 days. Uh, if you're getting a ring, you're in. First question right out of the bat, right off the bat. Have you seen our Lex? I just looked at it as I was writing down the last You've break. What in God's name are you doing over there? I'm a Canadian. Well, sure. You are. It is Miller and Connie. It is. You, you have the top billing, so we got CFL football. It's the Great Cup, dude. It's the championship game. Are you going to watch? Y- mm. uh-huh. definitely. Winnipeg's playing. What time? Five o'clock. What day? Sunday. <laughs> you know, we we just lost two. We just lost two guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we we got to go to break. Go to break. There's an open line two two eight four five nine six six. Claxon's next. Miller and Condon for thesmail Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio. This is fourteen sixty KXNO. 
Miller and Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and Smokehouse and Grill, 3131 8th Street, Southwest in Altoona, online, Klaxon, C-L-A-X-O-N, BBQ.com is where you can see the menu, the hours, and the 411. Klaxon's Barbecue makes it possible for us to do this on a weekly basis. We're grateful for them to doing that. You know, we should give our contestants, Zach, Joe, Jason, and Matt, uh-huh. credit for just getting one of the two teams in the Grey Cup. Oh, there is no way. There's if you no wouldn't way. have told me the beginning part of that when we had the initial conversation... I would have had no clue. Do you have a clue how many regular season games are they play in the CFL? Regular season, 20. 20? (laughs) I I knew it was a number. Well, you're you're close. Uh, Zach is up first. Zach, welcome to the program. How was your week, Zach? Oh, it's doing really well, actually. I'm having a great time. Well, let's see if we can top it off, make it even better. All right, the Grey Cup, uh, 5 o'clock ESPN2 on Sunday. The Hamilton Tiger Cats are a three-and-a-half-point favorite over your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Who you want? The Eskimos aren't in it this year? <laughs> no, they're not. I can give you the Tiger Cats or the Bombers. I got to go with the Tiger Cats. Tiger Cats uh, laying three-and-a-half. Iowa State, 24-and-a-half-point favorite over Kansas. Got to lay the point. Laying them. Hawkeyes 15 and a half over Illinois. You know, I, I give me the 15 and a half. Okay. Ohio State's an 18 and a half point favorite over the Nittany Lions. I lay the point. Okay. Here's the tiebreaker, Zach. Uh, total points on the uh, Dallas-New England game. Total points closest without going over. 48. Zach, have a nice weekend. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you listening. And I think Zach's made a wager or two in his life. Yeah, sounds like it. Hey, Joe, what do you know? Oh, not too much. Okay. Ready to win some. Now, good. Well, we're ready to see if you can do that. Hamilton's a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. Uh, the Tiger Cat. Flaunting his CFL oh, look at knowledge. This. Uh, Iowa State's a 24-and-a-half-point favorite over Kansas. Iowa State. Iowa, 15-and-a-half over Illinois. Iowa. Ohio State, 18.5 over Penn State. Uh, Ohio State. And total points, Dallas, New England, closest without going over. A 39. Joe, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jason is with Miller and Condon. Hi, Jason. Hey. Uh, Hamilton, 3.5 point favorite over Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. I'm going to take Blue Bombers. Okay. Iowa State's 24.5 over Kansas. Iowa State. Iowa, 15.5 over Illinois. Iowa. Buckeyes give 18.5 to Penn State. We're going to go with Ohio State. Taking Ohio State. Has anyone taken Penn State? No. no. I think i got to change my pick. Everybody's over a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, total points. Here's the tiebreaker, Jason. Uh, Cowboys, Patriots, closest without going over. We're going to go with 47. 47. Jason, have a good weekend. You too. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, and Matt brings Claxons to a close for another week. Hi, Matt. Hello. Hamilton's three-and-a-half-point favorite over Winnipeg. The game is in Calgary, by the way. Mm, neutral site. Neutral yeah, site. Throw out the records and make it together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the Tiger Cats beat him by 20 earlier, so give me the Tiger Cats. How about oh, that? Whoa. Somebody's been doing some research. Jeez. Uh, Iowa, I wouldn't have known that. Uh, Iowa State's 24-and-a-half over Kansas, Matt. Kansas. Uh, Iowa, 15.5 over Illinois. Illinois. Ohio State gives 18.5 to Penn State. I got to take Penn State since nobody else did. Okay, and total <laughs> points Dallas, New England, closest without going over. 40. 
49. 49. Matt, you have a good weekend. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you to Claxons for making that possible. Trent, we're running late. Let's get right to Mark Charter and then me. You got it. Your T-Box. Here's Mark Charter. Mark Charter's Best Bets, brought to you by Charter House Real Estate. Make your best bet by calling Charter House. Stop paying 6 to 7% to sell your home. Charter House offers a full-service real estate experience while saving you thousands. Find out your savings at charterhouseiowa.com. Hey, everybody. Mark here with Charter House, and here are the three picks that I love this week. Up in Ames, we're going to take the under in the Iowa State Kansas game of 58 points. Iowa State should win this game easily, and their defense is certainly good enough to limit Kansas' scoring opportunities to give us the under of 58 points. Iowa and Illinois, we are going to take Illinois getting 15.5 free points from the Hawkeyes. Illinois have won four straight games. They're coming off a bye week. This is not the same Illinois team that lost 63 to nothing to the Hawks last year. I believe this will be a much closer game, so we're going to take Illinois plus 15.5. Finally, in the NFL, we'll head to New Jersey, where the New York Jets are taking on the Oakland Raiders. Oakland's got something going here, I believe. John Gruden and Mike Mayock have done a good job with that roster. I believe Oakland is simply better than the Jets. That's the reason for this play. It is Oakland, minus three. We're going to take that as well. Good luck, everyone, this week, and good gambling. That's Mark Charter's Best Bets. Now, back to Ken and Trent with their picks, presented by Charter House Real Estate. All right, thank you, Mark Charter, for that. I sense a two and one, one and two for Mark. You don't see him sweeping the board, huh? I, I think Iowa wins convincingly. Run away. Yeah, I do. Not a great matchup for Illinois. Kind of what they do well, right. Iowa doesn't struggle with. Right. I see it the same way. Uh, is the Great Cup part of your picks? <laughs> I didn't know that was part of. No, it's not part of mine. Either. It's it's not. No. no, no, no. You promise? Can you give us a bonus pick? No, I can't even do that. I'll maybe watch. Well, I'll watch some, but it's New England, Dallas, right? In the same window, man. Why can't they put that? I don't know. Midnight. <laughs> yeah, no, they can't. Do that. Only way I'd be catching it. What do you got for us All this right, week, Mister Four and One? Uh, Mister Four and One, and I don't like this week's slate of games. Uh-oh. I'll be uh, upfront with that. I'm going to take Seattle over Philadelphia. I don't like this Eagles team. They got so many injuries on this football team. Seattle going across the country. Early window. I still think Seattle wins. Russell Wilson, too much. Wilson v. Wentz. Give me Wilson. Uh, I get point and a half, too. Bonus there. Uh, speaking of getting points in the NFL, the Cowboys are in New England. I think the Cowboys can win this game outright. Jason Garrett, he'll own Bill Belichick. <laughs> okay, maybe not that part. <laughs> but I still, like, <laughs> I still like Dallas. Uh, and I'll take the six and a half points over the Patriots. Let's go to the college game. Look, I, as I've said all week long, and I'm the only one in the state saying so, I want Nebraska to win this week so that they've got bowl eligibility a week from today on the line when they host the Hawks. Only four and a half points. Give me Nebraska. Maryland's got awful. Nebraska, minus four and a half. I'm going to stick with Penn State because I've been on it all week. I think it's too many points. I just do. Um, tight football game, maybe not, but 18 and a half, I'll take that. My best bet of the week, I'm going to lay some points, but I'm going to go into the Big Ten West. Northwestern has had an awful year. Minnesota, I believe they'll bounce back after they had the uh, their win, or their uh, unbelievable, their perfect streak snapped last week in Kinnick. 13.5 is the number. Lay the 13.5. Gophers, my best bet over Northwestern Trench. All right, I'm going to start in the college game. I told you I got two underdogs in the American to kick it off. We're going to go first. Tulane, much better team at home than on the road. In fact, they lost outright last week as a favorite against Temple on the road. Tulane, though, getting six. Central Florida 
not a whole lot left to play for. This is a team that has illusions of plaguing big bowl games now. Their best case might be going to the Liberty Bowl. I don't know what's left in the tank for UCF. I'll take the green wave and the six points. Also, going to grab those aforementioned Temple Owls. Cincinnati, though still playing very well, at least in terms of win-loss, starting to show some cracks. Injuries starting to show up for the Bearcats. I really like Temple in this spot. They're getting 10.5 on the road at Cincinnati. Give me the Owls in pick number two. To the NFL we go. I'm going to go with your team. I told you earlier this week, the Bills, Broncos are the exact same teams. Just one of them is one close ones. The other has lost close ones. Give me the four points in this one in a coin flip game in my mind. I'll grab the Broncos plus the four. And finish up with Sunday Night Football. The Packers getting three in San Francisco. I think San Francisco's due for a breakout. Haven't played great the last couple of weeks. Had the loss to Seattle. A couple of close wins against Arizona in between. They break out in a big way. I'll take the 49ers and lay that field goal. My best bet of the week. Back to the college game. Duke has fallen apart. Played well earlier this year. They have completely collapsed as the season has gone on. Wake bounces back in a big way after the Clemson loss. Lay the touchdown. Wake Forest, my best bet. All right, Trent Condon. Now, don't go Kirk Herbstreet on me. He's calling the game. He will pass. Uh, you're calling Valley Dowling tonight. Can Valley snap this streak? Of course they can. Will they? I'm still going with the Maroons. Until I see it happen in November, until I see it happen in the Dome, I think you got to make the Maroons the favorite. That's the direction I'm heading. Going to be a great one tonight, though. I think we are in for an epic four-quarter football game. Hope so. Rivals playing for a state title. How sweet is that? Absolutely. Well, Trent will have the game at KXNO.com. We'll join Radio Wise after Iowa State women. And if you're headed to the game and you're driving back, uh, the game will be on your radio um, as we will replay it. What time's the replay start? About 10.30? Yeah, whatever. I finish up 10.15, 10.30, right in that area. Good stuff. All right, Murph and Andy today at 2, then the Fanatics at 4. Uh, the pregame show is on your radio tomorrow. Not sure time-wise. Might be 9 o'clock tomorrow with Iowa State at home. Morning Rush will start off Thanksgiving week at 6. Thank you for being here. We're Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 14.